Thanks for checking out Chemistry Connections on the Hopewell Valley Student Podcasting Network, a proud partner of HVSPN.com, where students come together to publish content to share with the world. The opinions represented within this episode are those of the content creators only. Please enjoy the show. Welcome to Chemistry Connections. Our names are Samia and Raylin, and we are your hosts for episode number two called The Chemistry of Foxgloves. Today, we will be discussing the scientific properties behind these flowers that have the power to cure and kill. So first, we're going to give a little introduction on what foxgloves actually are. Foxgloves are also known as the digitalis flowers, and they're known for their elegant appearance due to their upside-down bell-shaped flowers. These flowers are native to Europe. Western Asia and Northwestern Africa, and they can even grow up to 60 inches tall, which is pretty crazy. Fun fact, my own mom is shorter than 60 inches tall. Um, I can't wait to introduce her to these flowers. Now, along with being very tall, these flowers have both healing and toxic properties and are known as the flower with the power to cure and kill. And so it's likely for this reason that they represent insincerity. While on the surface, gifting someone a bouquet of these alluring flowers may seem like a nice gesture, it could also signify your ill will towards them. (gasps) So while compounds synthesized from these beautiful plants may be part of your daily medications, don't gift them to your significant other, unless you want to break up. Next, we're going to talk about the chemistry behind foxgloves. You can follow along by looking at figure one in the show notes of this episode. So, Simeo, what molecules even make up these flowers? Foxgloves are made up of glycosid molecules, which are steroid groups bonded to a sugar called digoxin and digitoxin. So, the foxglove ac- extract, which contains these glycosids, is known as digitalis, which is named after the plant's Latin name. Let's zoom in even further to the bonding among these molecules. So, molecules are covalently bonded nonmetals, and what sets them apart from ionic bonding or ions is that nonmetals have very high electronegativity values, meaning that each atom involved in the bonding has a very strong pull on the electrons, thus resulting in an equally strong pull on the electron from all of the atoms involved, and this results in very strong covalent bonds between the atoms, which is why they're called molecules. When looking at the structures of these molecules, digitoxin and digoxin, thank you for that. (laughs) Um, It's also easy to spot the large amount of OH groups that they both possess. So the large amount of OH groups leads to increased polarity within them, and so this also leads to increased water solubility. And If you'll hopefully remember from your high school chemistry class, this is because water molecules themselves are also polar and like dissolves like as the saying goes, which means that polar substances like these glycosids are highly soluble in water. You can actually notice that both of them possess almost the identical chemical structures, though notably digoxin has an extra OH group, which causes the main differences between these two compounds. That's crazy. So just that one OH group results in all these differences? 
Yeah, so while they do have very similar properties, digitoxin has a longer half-life than the one which I cannot pronounce. Okay, so a longer half-life basically means that digoxin takes longer to break down than digitoxin, and therefore stays in the body longer. Yes, making individuals more susceptible to that toxicity and thus kidney failure as it removes the system from the equilibrium needed to maintain health, which we'll get into shortly. Our next chemistry topic is going to be related to equilibrium. You can follow along with figure two found in the show notes of this episode. So earlier in this podcast, we were talking about how these foxglove flowers have the power to heal and harm. And that characteristic of the flower is largely owed to the molecule digoxin. The ability of digoxin to provide both beneficial and harmful effects is related to their interactions with sodium-potassium ion pumps found in heart cells. Are those like the water pumps of the old days? Not quite like that. So these pumps push ions against the concentration gradient, meaning that instead of these molecules passively diffusing across the membrane, energy is being used to push them against this gradient. These sodium-potassium ion pumps ultimately serve to establish a greater concentration of sodium ions outside the cell and a greater concentration of potassium ions inside the cell. So in that sense, these pumps aid in maintaining cellular equilibrium. We don't want too much of that sodium building up inside the cell, and we don't want too much of those potassium ions building up outside of the cell. Figure three found in the show notes of this episode shows you what equilibrium looks like. So while that graph isn't specific to the sodium potassium pumps, it demonstrates that equilibrium doesn't necessarily mean that the concentration of ions are the same inside and outside of the cell. Instead, equilibrium is achieved when the concentration of each respective molecule or atom or ion remains constant. So in the case with the sodium-potassium pumps, equilibrium doesn't necessarily mean that there has to be an equal concentration of potassium ions inside and outside of the cell. Rather, the concentration of potassium ions remains constant inside the cell. So you might be wondering, how does digoxin come into play? Well, digoxin prevents these sodium ions from crossing the cell membrane and exiting the cell therefore causing a disturbance to this equilibrium. This causes the intracellular concentration of calcium to increase and the heart is gonna start beating slower. The process behind how an increase of sodium ion inside the cell and its relationship to calcium is more of a biology subject, but all you need to know is that digoxin is going to manipulate this equilibrium, resulting in a greater concentration of calcium inside the cell. This increase of calcium in the cell can have some therapeutic effects. It can be used to treat arrhythmia, also known as irregular heartbeat, and heart failure. These healing properties were actually introduced by a man called William Withering in his book, An Account of the Foxglove, which he published in 1785. Back then, these flowers were developed as a cure for dropsy, a condition which is currently known as edema, 
in which the area under the skin actually swells with fluid. Withering's work paved the way for the use of foxglove extract for more modern treatments in heart failure. Wow, that's awesome. So should I just like look for foxglove flowers and brew that into my tea? No. Foxgloves also have significant toxic effects. Because of this buildup of calcium and the slower heart rate, this can actually slow the heart to an extreme, which deprives the brain of oxygen. This could also result in a heart attack as the body attempts to raise the heart rate in response. I'll make sure to remember that the next time I'm gathering potion ingredients. So speaking of that, what drew you to this topic? Well, I think it's super interesting how the unique chemical makeup of a flower, like these small differences such as the difference in OH groups between digoxin and digitoxin, can cause a flower to have such drastically different effects. Digitalis's ability to heal or poison ultimately comes down to the molecular structure of digitoxin and digoxin and the specific ways in which they interact with cellular components of the human body. In order to understand all of these, you need to be able to understand the chemistry behind them. So Samia, what drew you to this topic? As far as I go, I said that it was fascinating. After all, I've loved poison since I was very small. So come over for an afternoon tea at my house. Okay, thank you for listening to this episode of Chemistry Connections. For more student-ran podcasts and digital content, make sure that you visit www.hvspn.com. Stay away from Samia. (laughs) 